Thank you. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman. We are here. Uh, hey, Jake. What's up, man? How's it going? Where are we today? We're at uh, Tompkins Square Bagels, East Village. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, and we are very excited to be here. Uh, on our show today, we have an interview with the owner of Tompkins Square Bagels, Chris Puglisi. Uh, we're, of course, going to do Schmuck and Mensch of the Week. We're going to talk about The Revenant. We're going to do our Super Bowl prop bets, which I'm pretty excited about. We have, we have a bet going. We do have a bet that. going. Shocking. It's bagel-related. And then we'll go with our final toast. Um, but to start, let's introduce our guest. So this is Chris Puglisi. Chris, can you want to say hello? Oh, hi. Hey, hi, guys. So how you doing? Thanks so much for letting us letting us be here today. Oh, thank you, thank you guys for coming in. I'm really excited to have you. So uh, I guess we'll just start out with a pretty pretty simple question for you as we sort of dig into our bagels and schmear over here. What sets Tompkins Square Bagels apart? Uh, well, I think a, a few things set us apart. Um, first off, uh, I think. Uh, the, the feel and the vibe of the place, the design, that was very important to me. Um, I built a big open kitchen here with an exposed bagel oven, uh, and uh, it was really important to me for folks to see how bagels are made, uh, see the whole process. I think uh, a lot of folks don't realize how much work goes into a bagel, and, um, you know, uh, wanted people to get 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 a chance to check that out and see it all um so that was a a, a big part of it for me um also we're doing things a very old-fashioned way here we're using uh, lots of ingredients that aren't used anymore uh from uh a way that i was taught back in the 80s and uh i, I believe the fellow who taught me was taught by a fellow who taught him who came from the 50s so so, so to expand on that a little bit how 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 and where and when did you get started making bagels? Oh, sure. I started making bagels in the, in the mid-1980s as a high school job. I worked for a local bagel store called Bake City Bagels. Um, where was that located? That's in Gravesend, Brooklyn, uh, which I guess uh, is sort of near Coney Island or Sheepshead Bay. And um, I worked for a fellow named Steve D'Onofrio. Uh, a lot of great... Sounds like a great bagel maker to me. <laughs> he was a great bagel maker. Um, very, very uh, focused on doing things the right way. Um, uh, like hard guy to work for a taskmaster, you know. What? Um, so how do you make the bagels here, and are they similar to the ones you made originally there? They are very similar. When I set out on my own, I went to see him, and he passed that recipe along to me. Um I worked with some some great bagel makers as well. Who else um, did you work with? Um, from that shop, uh, and we were all kids, all teenagers, I worked side by side with Scott Rosello, who owns uh, the bagel shop out in Williamsburg. Who, uh, he's known for his rainbow bagels. Um, I worked with a fellow named Phil, who went on to open the Bagel Hole in Park Slope, which is very, very uh, you know, well-respected. Uh, yeah, these are all top-notch. Shop bagel places yeah uh court street bagels uh it's like an all-star bagel team. boy yeah all of these guys went out and did their own thing so um we all learned under steve uh learned how to do things the right way learned how to not cut corners how, how have what what challenges have you found in terms of being a, a bagel owner a bagel store owner in this city in particular 
I think for any small business owner, uh, whether it's a bagel store or not, um, there is there are many different um, sort of uh, job descriptions that you take on, or, 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 or elements, I guess, to the job. So um, the the thing I knew going in that I was going to have a great product, and I knew that I was going to have a great design for my shop. I, I worked really hard on the feel and the look of the place, and, and I knew that was going to turn out right. Um, Things that were challenging for me were how to handle such a, uh, how to work with such a large staff. You know, bagel stores require very large staffs, and uh, you have to start to learn about human resources, how to handle different types of personality. Um, for, for when you own a small business, you, need, you start becoming an ex- expert in everything. You become right. an equipment expert, you become a bookkeeper, a tax uh, <laughs> expert. You know, the, the things break, the refrigerators break, and before you know it, you know the inner workings of refrigeration and air <laughs> conditioning, and, and you know, you're working with vendors who are always trying to sort right. of, you know, slip one past you. Yeah, to, to, like to talk about the product itself a little bit, and this is something that I'm really curious to, to hear about, when you're thinking about the taste profile of a bagel, sure. what we really like a bagel specifically with with fish. When you're thinking about balancing the saltiness of the fish and the sweetness maybe of the bagel with the savory cheese, w- what are you thinking about um, with that taste profile? Well, I've learned uh, from being in this shop every day that every guest has their own personal preference. So early on, I was trying to steer people in a certain direction. Well, is there is there ever a time when someone's ordering and you just they order and you're just like, oh no, I can't, I cannot <laughs> do that. Like, how dare you? Is there something like that here? Or or the opposite, where someone orders and you're blown away by their ingenuity. I am often impressed um, by what I have. Lots of millennial, uh, you know, younger folks, right. NYU kids. Um, lots of them are maybe not their best when they come in. They can be a little, <laughs> a little hungover a little from hungover. the night before. And they're basically doing everything that they can to cure that hangover. So um, they order as much bread as possible. Uh, and, and as much fat and, and <laughs> bacon and, uh, you know, combinations of things that I might not do myself. But um, in the beginning, I went in with a little more of a, uh, you know, purist attitude. I right. learned very quickly to let that go. Um, you know, and I think really uh, bagel is the, it's the ultimate like New York street food. It's as basic as you can get. And I really uh, wanted to stay away from any, any pretension, any, uh, you know, purest attitude of it. It, it it's a, at the end of the day it's a bagel it's a, a simple food and it's something that should be enjoyed for you know everybody in their own way is there like a bagel crime though if someone like orders it where you almost <laughs> you now that you now that you deal you're just like they, i don't know like they come in they order an everything bagel with peanut butter or something like is there something uh, like we we've had some things that have made us uh, take pause you know we've had egg sandwiches with grape jelly uh we've had uh you know I mean, hey, French toast bagels with uh, bacon, egg, cheese, uh, avocado, salt, pepper, ketchup, hot sauce, all these things. But, um, you know, 
I, I'm from a generation where, to, to me, I remember life before the everything bagel. You know, the everything bagel was not existing when I wow. was a kid. It was the new thing. It was the birthday cake cream cheese, you know. So, now, I mean, now the, the everything bagel is, you know, it's, it's standard. It's accepted. And, uh, you know, just let people do what yeah. they're going to do. And that, the, the, the only thing where, where for, for us where we draw the line is... The actual uh, baking of the bagel, the <laughs> ingredients that we use, um, how we proof the dough, how long we keep the dough in the kettle, how long we bake the bagel, that to me we we do not mess with. Like my bagel is right. my bagel, I'm gonna keep it at a certain standard. I will offer the classic products for the people who want the classic products, but for everyone else, you know, go in and have fun. We're yeah. not snooting it up. We're trying to, you know, be pretentious about it. Some big, some big news for you. You guys are opening a second location. We are. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure, we're, we're opening on Second Avenue uh, and 12th Street, uh, right across the street from movie theater. Um, some great uh, shops over there, like uh, Mimi Ch- Mimi Dumplings, uh, Momofuku. Um, I really like the area. I've been looking on 2nd Avenue for about two years. Probably seen every empty space on 2nd Avenue. So this one just worked? This one worked. Uh, I found a great landlord. Really important to me, uh, very, very important to keep my prices low. I want my stores to be a place where everybody can come. I didn't want to be selling, you know, $2.50 or $3 bagels with butter. and I, uh, I looked and looked until I got a rent where I could afford to, to do that. Where, um, and uh, when does it open? We should be opening in June. Awesome. That's yeah. great. Con- congratulations. Yeah. Um, and so I guess we have a couple of quicker questions for you. And sure. then are you going to stick around? We want to do an extra segment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. So uh, I guess the first quicker question, most important part of a sandwich, bagel spread locks. Uh, I think it all starts with the bagel. Um, is is that the? the that's three a, I mean that's a three? that's a good answer. I, I'm just curious. Yeah. we have a thing here we like to talk about, which is the ratio. So you have the crunch to the oh, cream okay. cheese to the to the locks, how they sort of all fit together. Yes. So the I mean, well, it starts with the bagel, but you that's the most important part. You'd the, say the bagel to me is the most important part. Uh, it's very important to me to have that crispy outside. And that doughy, chewy center. Um, you know... It's all about the ratio. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And I've had some issues with that with the younger folks who, who don't... They're not used to that style of a bagel. That's more of a classic New York style. So they ask for something else specifically. I think they want something a little softer, a little breadier, a little doughier. We actually... Um, made some concessions from the bagel that we opened up with, which was much more uh, in line with the classic like 70s, 80s style bagel. That was the bagel I came out of the gate with. And I learned I'm going to have to compromise a little bit. You know, it's their new generation of people, things change. And so I, I tweaked it a little bit. But yeah, we want to keep that, that, that hard, crispy crust, that doughy center. I actually tweaked my oven uh, to sort of help me get that, I what'd I, you do to it? Um, well, this is a cutler oven. It's it's one of the original bagel ovens. Uh, a lot of old school bagel people say this is the only oven to use. It's the cutler. 
um, what I did, I did a few things. Without giving too many secrets away, um, I added five extra inches of insulation to the top of my oven to retain that heat so that it, we're going to get a very intense heat and we're going to get that crisp crust before the center gets, you know, cooked too much. That center will still stay doughy. I added an extra burner. Most bagel ovens have two burners. I had my guy put a third burner in to give me like a more intense to give you that heat. heat. Yeah, which was something that was done in the 70s and 80s, and then they, they stopped doing it, I guess, for, for economic reasons. But um, yeah, we put we have a third burner in our oven. Uh, I purposely got a smaller oven so that that heat is concentrated and so that my guys have to bake more often. You know, they can't just bake big batches and, and uh, call it a day. So yeah, there are things like that that we did. We had uh, different ingredients into our kettle water to help get that crust. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I think we might have to go to break, but before we go to break real quick, I want to hear your Super Bowl pick. <laughs> Sadly, um, being in the bagel business <laughs> requires lots of Sunday uh, afternoons and mornings. So there's so there's less of a bagel watching. I must admit, I'm, I don't there's even know who's watching, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I am a lifelong Jet fan too, but uh, as soon as that, this store opened, that kind of went out the window. I think the Broncos are in it. So bagels are your team now, you would say? A lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> yes, bagels and uh, yeah. All right, well, uh, Jake and I will be making our picks in our third segment, but uh, we're going to go to break, enjoy the bagels here, and we're going to be releasing an extra episode on Tuesday with Chris, um, which we will record right now. This is Schmear's The Deal. You know what I'm tired of? People going into detail about their ethnicity and nationality. I don't give a f*** what you are. People going into detail like, I'm half German, quarter Irish, part Navajo Indian. You're f***ing white. Just say whites. <laughs> I ran to a girl the other day. She's like, I'm half Chinese and half Mexican. You're Filipino. <laughs> Just say Filipino. <laughs> Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm Jake Seawalk. He's Nick Feynman. We're still at Tompkins Square Bagels. We are still here. We now have a... Usually it's, just a a, usually it's just a dessert. We have a platter of dessert now in front of us. We have a sprinkle cookies, some rainbow cookies, and a black and white cookie. Chris, really Chris who really couldn't have been nicer anyway. Chris could not have been uh, really nicer. Really hooked us guest. up. And so we're going to break cookies. into these. So we'll break into those. The chance, what do you think the chances are they make it through this segment? Those desserts. Nigh zero percent. I have no idea what that means. Nearly zero percent. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what, you. you don't ever talk like an old seaman? No, I, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't grow up in uh, you know 1840, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right, so recurring segment time. This is uh, mention schmuck of the week. Let's met. I think a mint is like a superhero. They're looking at him like what a schmuck. All right, so this is our recurring segment, uh, Mention Schmuck of the Week. I'm taking the schmuck this week. Jake is starting out with the mensch. Yeah, so my mensch, you did a mensch a few weeks ago uh, with Google. By the way, this black and white cookie is amazing. Amazing. Mensch, continue. You did a mensch with, uh, with Sergey Brin, right? And Correct. Good so guy. I'm, I'm going in a similar direction, an unexpected corporate mensch. McDonald's is my mensch of the week. They are replacing <laughs> toys in the Happy Meals with books. 
no way that I think is pretty fly. cool. Is that going to fly in this country? Yeah, it's a. Well, I guess they're just going to. It's do a it. huge story. They're just doing it. So that's my mention of the week. I think that's super cool. That's just that's about it. That's the whole story. Good for them. All right, my schmuck is Ronnie Williams. Have you heard of Ronnie? No. Tell me. So Ronnie was a Nashville detective. He started on Monday. Brand new detective came in, was really excited about the job, supposedly. That night, Monday night, officers in Nashville were conducting a sting of a prostitution ring. And oh, Ronnie. <laughs> oh, oh, Ronnie. So officer performing a sting, they are citing a prostitute when she gets a text message from an unknown person. They play along with it, of course. New detective Ronnie Williams shows up at the door 30 minutes later, knocks on the door. They arrest him. He resigns Tuesday. Ronald. What a schmuck. What a schmuck. And that's, that's our mentioned schmuck of the week. That was a good one. That was good. Solid. Let's talk about The Revenant. I think this is a really interesting movie. Oh, boy. Not in terms of it being... Do you want to give a little synopsis yeah, so about it? a little it? synopsis. The Revenant, directed by Alejandro Inarritu. <laughs> sure. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Tom Hardy and Donald Gleason. It it's takes place. It's it's about a group of fur trappers, and then Leo Leo's character is attacked by a bear and left for dead by Tom Hardy's character. And the rest of the movie, Leo is, is what is what happens next, fighting for his life and trying to exact revenge. Right. What do you think? It's really hard to put together my thoughts because there's so much that is going very well for it and simultaneously a lot that is not going so well for it. They had 12 Oscar nominations, is that correct? Yeah. So Best Picture, Leo's nominated, Tom Hardy's nominated. And uh, the best part of the movie, which I will get to, Emmanuel Lubezki uh, nominated for Best Cinematography Award. And he's done other movies. He did He Birdman. has actually won the last two Oscars for cinematography. So he's going for... for and the other two were Gravity and Gravity Birdman. followed by Birdman, which... Beautiful movies. Beautiful oh. movies. He is, by all means, at the top of the field uh, in terms of cinematography. And what they, does if, so if you don't mind me asking, just because you know movies so much better than yeah. I do, what is what does he do? That so he designs unique? all of the shots, and he's working with Alejandro or whoever the other directors are. I guess for Birdman was also Alejandro for Gravity. It was uh, Alfonso Cuaron to design all of the shots. And so what's d- what's pretty cool about The Revenant is t- well, two things. One, they use no lighting; it's all naturally lit, which is pretty exquisite and pretty pretty cool the second thing is the leading brand of digital camera meaning anything not shot on film basically the the leading brand is called ari and pardon me and that's the baseline of if you're shooting a movie ari is the main ari's thing the most go- people use. yeah if you're shooting it digitally you're shooting on ari basically there i'd say it's about 95 percent of hollywood films are shot in an Ari, Ari system. Anyways, Ari is coming out with a new digital system, and The Revenant was the first film to ever be shot on it, which is pretty cool. Leo is great, he is right? Great. I think we can both agree Leo Tom is Hardy great. Is I think great. Tom Hardy was even better than Leo. It looks like Leo's a lock to win his first Oscar, which is pretty exciting, Ooh. although... Well, okay, Sneaking so up on him so is who we talked about last week. There's a lot more momentum behind the Matt Damon movement a couple of things 
So Leo, if you haven't seen the movie, Leo literally tortures himself for three hours, almost three hours. Well, and if you know anything about the production of the film, he tortured himself for nine months. <laughs> My question is, if he doesn't win, what does he do next? He's, this is the most extreme. So he's already signed up to do another Scorsese picture where he's playing the world's most crazy serial killer with a, <laughs> a, a murder mansion. In this movie, he literally sleeps in an animal carcass. Which he did. He ate raw bison liver he ate he did really went <laughs> balls to the wall therefore i am actually rooting for matt damon just just i think leo deserves it him. but just to see the look the on his is, face it's not his best movie ever right like i think wolf of wall street was a, i think he was better in wolf of wall street i think he was better and better in a, a lot of other movies but they say the academy awards aren't just a That's true. just winning on that movie alone it's a lot of body of work my my that main is thing is true. i loved leo I love Tom Hardy. I thought they were great. This was one of the worst movies yeah. I have ever seen that got nominated for Best Picture. Interesting. I disagree with that. Well, it's one man's opinion, and my roommates who I saw it with were annoyed with me because I left just furious. Because when that movie started, the movie starts with this incredible fight scene. Great camera right. work, a lot of action. Then, and I was so pumped. I was like, here we go. This is, this is it. Let's go. And then nothing happened for two hours. The movie yeah, basically slows down. It's an, it's, it's an art... It's an art it's film. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. The characters are great. It should be retitled, watch Leonardo DiCaprio be miserable in the woods for three hours and have everything <laughs> go wrong possible with him. The one thing is, and this is what we've talked about before, where does enjoyability fit into the best High, picture? And that's why I don't think it should win best picture. It wasn't enjoyable. I, I also I, just think it was, I think it was weakly written. I think Does, that, is that equate to boring? I mean, it was boring. Well, sure, right? It because if, it, if a boring story is written, it's probably going to be and boring And it was also, I don't normally mind this, especially in like Tarantino movies or other ways it's displayed. To me, it was too bloody. To the point where Interesting. Like, I very rarely... It did rarely, take away from it. I very it was really graphically have to, violent. I have to turn away from the screen. This movie, I was looking away. I, at parts, I had to look away. It was, it was crazy. This is not a spoiler. He gets attacked by a bear. <laughs> and that scene is a it's really in insane scene. But yeah, everything, it's almost, the formula of the movie seems to be, and Leo's great in it, but it seems to be that he goes forward, he tries to get back to where he wants to get back to, he enters a new situation, and whatever could possibly go wrong in that situation goes wrong. And then when you think it couldn't get any worse, it just gets worse. It, I totally agree. It seems like every time things are about to, things are looking up for him, they just, they really go downhill in a hurry. I think we disagree on Tom Hardy a little bit as an actor in general, but do you think he should no, win Best Supporting Actor? No, I don't think we do. We just disagree about Locke, man. <laughs> Locke is a great movie if you haven't seen it. I'm I think give it he'd a great be a plug. great choice for Best Supporting Actor. There, there are a couple of other strong strong people, Mark Ruffalo and Spotlight, which I we haven't talked about. Awesome I thought Tom Hardy was really legitimately Tom great Hardy was good. Movie. All right. Mark, well, Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. Yeah. He's the, fa he's the, he is fav the favorite. The prohibitive favorite. And we loved we loved him in that movie. I mean, yeah, we, we mentioned did. that specifically. All right, so out of ten, I give it a six. Six and a half, seven. I'll give it a seven. I give it a six. I thought Leo was a nine and Tom Hardy was a ten. Agreed. All right. Well, that's that's going to do it for this segment. Uh, we are going to move on to our Super Bowl picks after this, as well as our final toast. This is Schmears the Deal. 
And there really are some characters on this year's squads, aren't there, Jeff? That's right, Dave. It does seem like the most flamboyant personalities came to the forefront, and they are here. Barry Smith King, Merrimack College. Tal Royal Smoochie Wallace, University of Miami. Desquarius Green Jr., University of Notre Dame. Ibrahim Moises, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman. He's Jake Seawalk. We are at Tompkins Square Bagels. Our desserts are not done yet. They aren't. I was, I'm was. i shocked. Well, they're about three quarters of the way. Back. I've broken into the birthday sprinkle. I also try. I have, I've had the rainbow It's very good. It's good. It's The one thing I will the say. The black and white cookie is premier, though. It's ama- It's probably the best black and white cookie I've ever had. It might be the best I've ever had also. It's, I've never had one that soft. I don't know if it was made it's today. So specifically. Soft. Specifically. All right, Super Bowl this weekend. What are you, you going to be doing for it? you excited? Are you a big Super yeah. Bowl guy? Uh, I mean, the Rams lost aren't all my, lost all of my uh Well, now that you're an for, L.A. football yeah. fan. Whoa. <laughs> Take for those of you who have there. not listened, Jake, Jake is a diehard St. Louis fan. The Rams have... St. Louisan. St. Louis. And Saint, <laughs> the, Rams, there. the Rams have skedaddled. I've left town. Packed up and left. They packed up and left. Let's get into these. I'm going to well, shoot. What are you doing for the Super Bowl, though? I'm just going to watch it. What do you mean, what am I going to do? Are you, I don't like to do anything special. Are you getting wings? Or are you I may go watch with some buddies. I may just watch in my apartment. Still TBD. All right. Just trying to figure it out. All right. All right, Enjoy. so here's how this is going to work. We have 20 prop bets. Whoever gets the, the fewest correct. That's a negative way of looking at it. Well, it's the loser. It's, it's <laughs> not the Whoever loses. Let's, let's do it this way. Whoever the winner is does not have to try and eat three bagels <laughs> in ten minutes. So that's Otherwise, the wager. Three next, bagels, ten minutes. Next show, we'll open it up with uh, the loser of this prop bet challenge will have to attempt to eat three bagels, at least two of which have to have fish in the in the in a ten minutes in the span. first segment. Which in the will be first about, segment, about ten minutes. So let's jump into it. We're gonna start out. Who's gonna win this game? Whoa, 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 let's save that for the end. You want to save that's that for the end? That's our last one. That's our last one. Okay, fine. You wanna, we right. can do a build-up. At 10 to 1 odds, is there going to be an earthquake <laughs> dur- during, <laughs> during the game? Actual prop bet for Vegas. Thank you, Vegas. I'm going to say yes. Wild. I'm saying no. <laughs> Will Peyton Manning announce his retirement in the post-game interview? I'm saying Yes. I say no on this. I think he's going to do the I need to think about it. He's going to do the Brett Favre where he oh, sort of takes a step that back. Pick, I regret that pick immediately. Oh, yeah, because I'm really into the earthquake's going to happen during the game. <laughs> <pick>. <laughs> I think he's going to get up there. Someone's going to ask him, is this your last game? He's like, oh, I need to talk to my family. You're and, right. Uh, you're right. There's also been rumors he's might, he might be going to L.A. That would be epic. I would hate that. And the Rams win the Super Bowl next year. Will Peyton cry? Yes. No. Yes. No 100%. chance, dude. He does not cry. All right. How many times will dab or dabbing be said by the announcers? Now, it's we're taking the over-under, and which is two. They're going to say dab more than two times. You're taking the over. I'm taking the over as well. It's just every time the it's, Panthers it, do yeah. anything. So every time the Panthers score, they usually give the ball to a, a little child. Will it be a boy or a girl, Nick? Girl. Boy. He's, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, they they have always, don't they normally give them to girls in the stands? 
No, it's 50-50, I think. All right. What color Gatorade is going to be poured in the winning coach? Here are the odds. We have orange at 5-4, to four, blue at 3-1, to one, clear at 4-1, to one, yellow at 4-1, to one, red at 6-1, to one, green and purple at 10-1 to one long shot odds. This is an obvious choice to me. Blue. That's an obvious choice obvious to you? Obvious choice. Oh, yellow. Can I explain my reasoning behind blue? Of course. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Last year, last year, blue was dumped on the coach, and both teams have blue color schemes. Interesting. Researched. Who's the MVP of the Super Bowl going to mention first in their speech? Will it be God at 2-1 to one odds, the team also at 2-1 to one odds, the city or fans <laughs> at 6-1 to one odds, the coach at 15-2 to two odds, family at 15-1 to one odds, or none of those? This is tough. This is a tough one. And I think you have to this this the thought process for this includes who you think is going to win. Very true. I'm gonna go with team. Same. I'm also going with team. But I think if Cam wins it, I think he's gonna mention his family because he just. Yeah, but it's first. I think he mentions the team. You think first. he mentions team then family because yeah. he just oh, interesting. So here here's one. That Does he then dab? No, he doesn't dab during his speech. I think he will. I'd be willing to add another bet to that. <laughs> so many qualifiers. If Cam wins the Super Bowl, or wins the, if the Panthers win, Cam gets and the MVP. And he's the MVP. Will he dab? Will he dab? How many – here's a, this is one of my favorite ones, but the next one's my actual favorite. How many wings will Buffalo Wild Wings sell on Sunday? I'm over on – wait, wait. It's an over-under at 12 million wings. Over. I, do you know? I don't know how many they sold – Last year, Neither do you, all right, cool. No, I'll, I'll, I'll just take I'll just take the under because the you under. took the over. This is my favorite one. Can I say this one? Fine, man. This is my favorite one, also. Cry, yeah, but I found it. Cross sports prop bet. Which will be higher, Trump's n- percentage points in the New Hampshire primary, <laughs> or the t- the winning team's score? Huh. It's tough. It is tough. So it's probably both right around thirty. Trump is pulling between 30 and 35 yeah. right now in New Hampshire. I'm going with points. Team points in the Super Bowl. I'm going with Trump. It's pretty good. Interesting. Very interesting choice, Nicholas. All right. I think Trump I think Trump is going to get about 35 for how it's long? a defensive game. Yeah, Reasoning. Maybe. For how long will Lady Gaga Lady Gaga <laughs> sing as, the, as she's known on this show, the Gaga. Kn- the Gaga. How long will she be singing the national anthem for? Over, under at 2 minutes, 20 seconds. I think that she's going to draw it out. I'm going over. I'm going under. We're really differentiated on these. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, someone has all to right, eat I the think, bagels. I think this one's easy. How many? By the way, if it's, a, if it's a draw, it's understood that we both are doing it, right? Yeah. Great. How many times? I would be shocked if this is a I draw. I would be shocked if Unless like, the also. game gets delayed. I think something. this is an easy one. How many times will the Golden Gate Bridge be wait, shown wait, wait. during the broadcast? If the earthquake ruins the stadium, then we both have to do it. Fair. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> How many times will the Golden Gate Bridge be shown? Over, under at 0.5. Oh, over. Yeah. I don't understand why that was set so low. I'm also Beauty taking the Beauty shots alone. Over. Our, show, our show, which is the next day on CBS, I guarantee you, has four, has four shots. Yeah, made. easy. How many times will Archie Manning be shown? This one's tough. Less one's of a tough. beauty shot. This is for those of you who don't know. This is the Peyton o- and Eli's yeah, dad. Over under is at one point five. I'm actually going to take the under there. I say over. I'm at because think about it. If Peyton gets hurt, they show Archie. They're going to show the family at least once. It's only if they show him one more time. Then after That's that, fair. And and if he wins, they're going to show him the post game. 
Does that count? Is this what are what are what's the question again? It's during. Well, it just says how many times. I I mean I wrote the question, man. It just so says how many times will Archie Manning be shot? It's during the broadcast. That includes the lingo. speech at the end, doesn't it? We need to decide this. Then now. I'm going to go. I'm going to switch it to over. Though. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I'm fine with that. All right. You're welcome for giving what you all song the reasoning w- that got you there. What song will Coldplay sing first in the halftime this show? Is tough. We what do we Adventure of a Lifetime at two to one odds. Good song. We have Fix You at seven to two odds. We have a sky full of stars at nine to two odds. Viva La Vida, five to one. Clocks, fifteen to two. Speed of Sound, nine to one. Head Full of Dreams, never heard of that song. <laughs> ten to one. And I also never heard of Adventure of a Lifetime and Paradise oh, at ten you, to one. You would recognize Adventure of a Lifetime. I'm gonna go with. I'm going with Viva La Vida at five to one. Wow. It's a pretty poor choice. That bounce, That's why I'm not in the music that's industry. A, that is a that is a middle of the set song. They are gonna. No, 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 that's their. Maybe they're ending. No, no, no they're ending on something like "Scientist" or "Clocks" or "Fix You" or "Yellow." I'm stuck here between "Fix You" and "Clocks." I think it's gonna be "Fix You." I think they start slow and build. Wrong, wrong. Well, we'll see. Time, time will tell. How many viewers over under? Oh, 117 million. That's insane. That's so many people. What if I took a push? Exactly 117. Are we <laughs> on the dot? Are we including worldwide or just no, no, U.S.? No. I'm going under. Just U.S.? Yeah, just U.S. I'll take you. That seems nuts to me. Vegas set that line? All right. Will the coin toss be A, heads, <laughs> B, tails? Sarah C gets stuck in the middle. I'm going to take tails. God damn it. Tails never fails. You I have to take heads. Yeah, you do. All right, so now we're into the football questions, the last, the last few. Will there be a touchdown play of 45 yards or longer? Yes. I'm also going to go with yes. Total successful field goals over under three and a half. For both teams? Yeah, total. Under. Over. All right, so this one's I'm gonna be so pumped an 18 and an 18.5. Who's your MVP if Carolina wins? Luke Keekley. I'll go with Cam. Cheater. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're a fool for not taking Cam. Yeah, and I think he's going to have MB- trouble. MVP if Denver wins. I'm going with Emmanuel Sanders. Peyton. Boy, would that be crazy if Peyton That'd be awesome. is the MVP. Will there be a defensive touchdown? I'm saying yes. No. And... Cops now, are coming by the by the way. You now our last pick. Who you got? Who we got? I'm going Broncos. I hate to go the same way as you on the final one. I'm taking the Broncos not because I necessarily think they will. I grew up a huge Peyton Manning fan. He a Peyton Manning jersey was actually the first jersey I ever owned. I just real I want him you to want win him so to. badly. So I would like to put him down just so I can root for Denver. I I'm taking Denver because, first of all, their defense is incredible. Incredible. And, and, and the Panthers' offense really isn't that good. Cam's amazing, but it's not that good. They are that good. The Panthers' offense? They don't have any I'm receivers. Not about this. Well, we can. <laughs> uh, Olsen's good. Anyway, I think that De- Peyton Manning with two-week break is pretty pretty solid. I, I really agree and with that. And they're going to be good. 
And Eli, interestingly, Eli Manning has been giving has given Peyton all of the Giants points on the Panthers, which are, I'm assuming, pretty sizable, knowing how they both prepare. So that might give him the, the Giants also had a huge, even though if they fell short ultimately, they mounted an enormous comeback against the Panthers. Exactly, during the season they did. All right, so that does it for our prop bets. Next week, one of us will be really, really full during oh, the episode. It's going to be a struggle. <laughs> but an awesome struggle. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I'm excited it. also. All right, uh, you want to go into the final toast? Yep. All right, this is the final toast. All right, Jake, who are you toasting today? I am final toasting all of the candidates that dropped out <laughs> following, following the Iowa, Iowa caucuses. What may, about them? Just rest. May they rest, rest in peace. May their may their campaigns rest in peace. Really bummed that Martin O'Malley. I'm going to playing trivia tonight, and I think that the, the leader <laughs> in the clubhouse for our team name for trivia is everyone that voted for Martin O'Malley in Iowa. By the way, <laughs> teams are capped at six people. <laughs> Who are you toasting? Uh, I'm toasting. Actually, we talked about it a little earlier. I'm toasting Peyton Manning. This very well could be his last game. I grew Cheers up watching the guy. Big fan of that toast. There's been some controversy this year about him. I, I, you know, hope he does. Hope he does well. He deserves it. I hope he rides out, for lack of a better term, on a Bronco. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to finish the show. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. We'll uh, do better next time. And stay toasty. Schmears the Deal is brought to you this week by Tompkins Square Bagels in the East Village of New York City with a second location coming to you over the summer at 12th and 2nd. It is produced by Jacob Seawalk and Nick Feynman in association with Team Panther Productions. With thanks to Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan Peel, Bobby Lee, and a special thank you to Chris Puglisi. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, or for more information, please visit schmearsthedeal.com. <laughs>